I'm so excited to announce that this episode is sponsored by Toddle. Toddle is an all-in-one teaching and learning platform used by over 40,000 educators around the world. This year, Toddle is hosting the largest gathering for school leaders across the globe on March 3rd and 4th. Join 5,000 plus school leaders and leadership experts at School Leaders Bootcamp and learn, connect, and grow with your professional learning network. Get your free pass now by clicking the bit.ly link in the show notes or on my website, joshdamper.com. You're going to hear wonderful and fantastic leaders speak. There's Seth Godin, George Kuros, Stephen Covey, so many more wonderful, world-renowned leaders. And you're probably asking, why should I go to School Leaders Bootcamp? Well, as a school leader, you often put everyone before yourself, your team, your students, your parents. This event is going to give you the opportunity to focus on yourself and your practice as a school leader. So join the global community of school leaders, learn together, build lasting relationships, and take back actionable insights. I promise you, this is going to be a fantastic event, and I'm so excited to have the opportunity to interview some of these school leaders in the future here on the Aspire Podcast and work with this wonderful company, Toddle. Check it out. Head over to the show notes or joshchapter.com. Click on the link for your free pass now. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the 26th Aspire Mailbag with my good friend, Teach Better teammate, the COO and co-founder of Teach Better. He is back from, I guess this is a while ago, but you were gone for an extended period of time, and this is Jeff Gargis. I was. Yes. We haven't done one since then, huh? We haven't. That's why I wanted to mention it. I know like me and you have hung out quite a bit lately because you are back full yeah. time, but... Yeah, there was an extended period that that you weren't around, buddy. I missed you. Well, I missed you too. Yeah, I was I was out. I had to take a, a little bit of time out due to some family health issues, and then followed up by personal health issues, um, which was crazy. And yeah, to be honest, sucked. Missed the Teach Better conference, which was terrible. But on a on a silver lining look at all of that, the team executed incredibly well. The conference was a huge hit. And we realized that we don't need me. And that's, you know, as as a as a leader, that's what you want, right? You almost don't want to be needed. Cause if you if you build that now, I know you're laughing and, and Ray's gonna punch me for saying that, but like it was really it, I, I'm looking I look back on it and it's really cool to see that one of us going down like that didn't destroy everything. Cause that to me means that that showed the power of our team and the strength that we have, which is which was awesome. So yeah, but I'm back, and, and it has been a while since I've been back for for uh, probably about two months now. You know, full full swing of things. So, but it's exciting back on our our I guess first uh, mailbag episode back since that. I can't yeah. believe it's the 26th though. And I know I literally say that every single time we do one of these. I'm like, is it really that? But yeah, it is. It's 26. That's awesome. So, 26, and it's the first one of 2023. That's true. Wow, all kinds of cool stuff in this episode. It should be. I hope it's a good one. We'll find out. Well, we'll see. I- <laughs> You never We're know on those. video too. Are we releasing the video for this? Is that the thought possibly? That's Maybe. the thought. We're playing around. You know, it's it's on StreamYard. It's a new platform for us. Obviously, the Teach Better team is on StreamYard all the time. Yeah. But Aspire to Lead has not ventured into this video format. But yeah, I'm looking to cut this up, 
which is going to be really interesting when you do that, Josh, because right now your video is terrible on my end. You were, you were clear as could be when we got hooked up, but as soon as you hit record, you're yeah. now really, really blurry. But the cool thing about this StreamYard local recording that it's supposed to be is that it's supposed to also record not just the audio, but also our video on local, which means how I'm seeing you blurry should not impact what the end product is. So if you're watching this and Josh looks good right now, that means StreamYard's doing a good job because he's he's very blurry to me. So it's gonna be really interesting to see, right? And I want people to know that so that when they watch it, they see that they can be like, oh, StreamYard's pretty awesome. Because we love StreamYard. We do all of our live streaming and stuff like that from that. But this is both our first time testing this particular feature of StreamYard. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. I, I am not blurry on my side. You're, you're very blurry here. I mean, you still look great. <laughs> you know, I got my Teach Better swag on, so, you know, I'm always representing on this side. <laughs> Good. All right, so for those who are listening for the first time, we always reach out to the audience, the listeners, to ask for leadership questions via Twitter, Instagram, and Boxer. In the past episodes, we answer anywhere between three and five questions. Today, we have three that we've selected from folks that have posted and I just appreciate the community so much because you know this show wouldn't exist without those folks participating in, and reaching out with their leadership questions. So Jeff, if you're ready, I can pull those up and we can start answering. Yeah, let's roll. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, first one from AJ Bianco and we love AJ. He, he has a podcast himself. He's a wonderful educator and leader. He's asking, does it fall on the school leadership to make sure that the teachers and staff are consistently happy? If so, what can be done beyond the typical jeans days, providing coffee or breakfast in the morning? So short answer, yes, it does <laughs> fall on you. Now, with that, obviously, there's a lot that can go into what makes what keeps people happy. There's obviously a little bit that is on um, on your teachers as individuals to to ensure that they're happy, but it, it falls on you as a leadership and a leadership team to create an environment that allows for happiness to thrive and to grow. And so I think, a, a, you know, and I know he just gave ideas of jeans day, coffee, breakfast, which I know AJ, you were just throwing out ideas, but like the whole jeans day thing just drives me crazy. <laughs> but we're still having this conversation about teachers wearing jeans in 2023. It's absurd. If you think the teachers shouldn't wear jeans, stop listening to this because like you're so far beyond saving i don't know what to do anyway like in breakfast coffee like that's good but i think i think the key here is to create an environment where your teachers can advocate for themselves and their needs obviously in general that's a good idea advocating for the needs is what they need to do their jobs but it, what they need to feel healthy to feel heard to feel seen to feel a part of it to feel like a leader within your building or your district and all of those things play into being happy like yeah, breakfast is good. Coffee is good. Donuts are great. You know, all that type of stuff. But like, that's minimal. What's what I'm looking for? Like temporary happiness, right? A breakfast or surprise candy bar or whatever is a lot better when it's just one of those things that happens because you've created an environment and the culture within your school that, that little things like that happen. But like, if that's what you're dependent on, they're not happy. That's not going to work. They've got to feel supported heard and seen in their classrooms, allowed to express themselves, allowed to run their classrooms and lead their classrooms in the way that they see best fit. They need to know that they're trusted. Now, all of this obviously has to fall within the boxes that you have to play within and you can only do so, so much. But to me, it's less about the individual little things that you can, should, whatever, could do, and more about are you creating the, 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 the culture and the environment for them to thrive? And that's going to lead to happiness. Teachers are 
teachers because they want to impact kids. They want to make a change. They want to see and they want to know that they're doing good things and impacting the world. They're not here for the paychecks. They're not here for the candy bars or the donuts or the jeans day. They're here for this ability to, to that follow their passion and instill that passion into kids for about learning. And so how you make them happy is to build and create the best environment and best culture for them to do that within. Um, and I think there's a lot that goes into it. I think I just touched on a lot of it, but Josh, do you agree with that? Do you disagree with that? Should we just do jeans day on Friday? Is that the key to happiness? No. At Teach Better, we're going to implement every Thursday you're allowed, you're allowed to wear jeans. So I don't no, know if you're... That, it drives me crazy, man. I, if you're watching the video, I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes and it, my eyeballs probably fell out of my <laughs> eye sockets because I, I hate jeans days. I, I just despise it. I think it's just low-hanging fruit for something that just should be allowed. I mean, teachers are on their feet so much. They're they're working with their their kids. They're running around. They're active. And they should be comfortable, you know? So... This this mm -hmm. whole traditional viewpoint of you know you need to come in slacks, a tie, and a shirt. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Especially, I mean, both me and you go to conferences all the time. The speakers there, they're mm -hmm. wearing jeans, right? I mean, you can look professional and still wear a pair of jeans. I, I don't get that that well, mindset. I don't be really clear when we talk about this jeans. That like, if you want to rock a suit and tie do it. If that's you, that's how you should be. Yep. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I want to, you know, because you can go wherever you want to be like it's, but we don't need uniforms. Like you're not, we're not in a department store where we need to be able to pick out who to ask for help. Right. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, the students know who you are. That's not needed. And I think that's so anyway, where would you want to wear? Where would as you long as it's not obscene or yes. something? You know what I mean? Like as long as it falls within guidelines that you have to play with them, right? That's always a caveat to right. all of our conversations. But sorry, I had to jump in. It was just, I know that you and I are both. Let's move past that part and yes. go into, Josh, how do we make them happy though, man? Like how do we, it does, well, first off, I guess, do you agree that it falls on the leaders? I guess we got to start there first with you because what do I know? Yeah, I do because I think it, it talks about the school culture. If I'm not happy as a teacher, then I am going to be looking to go elsewhere or to lead the profession as a whole. Or worse off, just doing a really poor job right. and staying. Yeah, the quiet quitting, right? We just went through that whole movement. I mean, I think there's some piece to that also. I mean, if you're unhappy, yes, you're not gonna perform well and you're gonna be looking to, to leave, right? So as a leader, obviously I wanna build into my staff and I wanna retain my teachers, especially if they're doing a great job. So as far as them consistently being happy, I think that, that goes with, any job, any boss, any leader, right? We need to make sure that our staff every day knows that they're appreciated, that we have their well-being first and foremost above anything else. Because as an administrator, if my teachers just thought that I was using them to get to a certain goal that was dictated by the superintendent or the state, they're, they're not going to perform based on the values that I have, because that's their interpretation, right? So what am I doing beyond the superficial things, right? If I give them a donut, yes, they're happy in the moment, but how long does that truly last? If I give them a jeans pass, okay, they're happy for a day, but how long does that really last, right? Those are, those are things that aren't going to um, affect them in their job performance for a long period of time. So really it comes to, okay, what am I doing to increase their emotional well-being? Am I gifting them maybe time, 
Maybe I'm gifting them some other creative ways or, or even asking them, like, what do you need for this environment to be successful and for you to be happy? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many leaders truly ask their staff about that and are open to the suggestions that they receive back? I mean, I don't think it's going to be anything outlandish, but the teachers, if you ask them, should be honest in regards to what are what is on their plate that maybe they feel doesn't need to exist. I, I'm, I got to keep going on this. So one of the biggest things is just trust. I'm telling you right now, if you truly, if you, and I'm not talking like, say you do, but like actually trust them, like give them that. If, if a teacher, if an employee, this goes beyond education, if an employee of any type, anyone who you help lead, help manage, help guide, feels like they are trusted to do the work that they know they can do, that is a huge thing. One of the worst parts about having a job is being told what to do and how to do it. That's a big piece. I also want to touch on another piece you said, like help them feel appreciated every day, which I agree with. But I feel like some people hear that and they're like, every day, like, how do I, like, that's a lot. And for me, the, the, the thing you need to hear is you don't have to do the things every single day. You can't. That's just not, it's not possible for you to make every single one of your uh, teachers feel appreciated every single day because you just don't, you have a stuff to do that you just can't go and tell Josh every day that you appreciate him. It's just not how that works. However, if you do it enough with with genuine care and appreciation for your entire team all the time as much as possible, they aren't going to need it every day. They're going to understand that you trust them, that you that you appreciate them. And then when you do, it's just it's going to be like, yeah, I know that it's just another little thing. By the way, then when you do things like bring in donuts, if you have a team that does not believe that you trust them, believe in them and, and care about them and all this stuff, if they don't believe any of that stuff, your donuts are literally worthless. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is great, but I know you did it because you suck. <laughs> and you read it in a book or a blog or you heard Josh talk about it on the Leadership Podcast and you did it for that reason. So uh, this means nothing to me. It's delicious. I'm going to be happy while I'm eating it, but it doesn't mean anything. However, if you do that and I already I already believe that you appreciate me, that donut means more. That that extra time means more. That that whatever means more. I used to – I had a, a job before where – um, I led a team. I was in like a second in command position. And on Sundays, we had to work on Sundays. We were in the service industry. I almost every Sunday, I brought donuts in. It's funny that we're talking about donuts. And I brought enough where it would last the entire day through all the shifts. And I paid for that with my own money. And my GM, he couldn't understand this piece was he would go do the same, but he would use the petty cash, which he was allowed to do. He would use the store's cash. But everyone in the store knew that he was using the store's cash. Right. And he made three times what I made. And I'm like, dude, why don't you, you don't get it? I'm like, it doesn't mean anything because you're doing it because you're supposed to do it. I'm doing it because I just want everyone to have donuts on the day. I'm like, it's just a different thing. And people see through that. If you're doing it because you're trying to check a box, you're doing it because you read in a book somewhere, they're going to see through that and you're not going to do it consistently because it's not real. Mm-hmm. So first thing you do is actually have to appreciate your teachers. And if you don't do that, then you shouldn't be in a leadership position anyway. So sorry, this one gets me fired up because I'm like, it's not that hard to just appreciate people if you understand the fact that your job means nothing without them there. Yeah. And that goes back to the, they don't work for you. You work for them. That is your job is to support them and to serve them. If you do that well enough and you appreciate them, they're going to be happier. Anyway, I, I really want donuts now too. Like that's I know. in my head. I, I've got a sweet tooth myself. I'm, ar- I'm already wearing the jeans. I'm wearing the jeans too. I'm ready for the second. I'm part. wearing the jeans and the teach better swag. So I'm good to go today. I will say though, buddy, uh, you show appreciation for the team every single day, or at least you try every single day. But here's the thing is like, I don't. Outside of our morning messages where I drop the word up, I, where I say I appreciate it, but like, I, I, but I have zero doubt in my, my mind that everyone on the team knows that I do. Yeah. 
And when I do fear and I go say something, they're like, Jeff, we know you appreciate. But I've spent a lot of time making sure that I told people that I appreciate them. And I actually do. Yep. And you know, when you when you come on our team, like Jeff's not breathing on your down your neck, not looking over your shoulder. The trust is there hundred percent. Like you're all professionals. Like yep. if you need me, great. I'm here to support you and serve you in whatever role you're playing in our team. And I appreciate the fact because I can't do what I do without everyone on our team. Yep. So like I genuinely appreciate, and that's why I think people know that to do. But it's also why I take the time to do things, not because I'm supposed to, but because I actually want. Like I, I love sending messages and like telling a team member like go smile in the mirror and tell and say Jeff thinks you're awesome. Like I actually get a kick out of that. Like I enjoy it myself. So it's a little bit selfish, I guess. I don't know, but gotta be genuine. So I'm not gonna dive in if you're selfish or not, buddy. Anyway, <laughs> let's go to the next question. All right, next question. So this one's from Roman Nowak, and uh, he's he's in the Can uh, Canada area. Uh, great leader. Been connected with him for quite some time. So he asks, how can systems better support leaders yeah. and their growth, both professionally and personally? And I kind of lit up on this question, buddy, because this was something that bothered me quite a bit yeah. as an administrator, because I felt like there were only like three different ways that us as leaders were really um, grown in a district. So for instance, they would either give us like a book study, they would have us go see, you know, a speaker or get some PD at the district, or, you know, maybe you were part of some type of cadre um, that, you know, built into you a little bit more. And that was more for like an aspiring leader versus you being a veteran leader, right? And I think for those systems, mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with them. However, I don't think that really expands the growth of a principal or an aspiring leader. And so like for being a part of the team, like I know of two things that I can think of off the top of my head that I have found great growth, not only in participating as an attendee versus also someone who's, you know, garnishing the conversation and trying to get people to, to just talk. So for the admin mastermind, for instance, I think like that's a huge area of growth professionally that that the po people that attend are able to learn from folks literally around the country to mm -hmm. look at different topics. But that was nothing that was ever suggested to me when I was in a building. Or I'm even thinking about your mastermind with the entrepreneurs, right? I, I get to attend those. I have found a ton of value in that just in the short time that I've attended that. But that was also a model that I never was provided. It was faux pas to even like take any time away from my day to go into my office and to, you know, join a group like that to, to learn yeah. from. So I just think that there's other models out there or even like individual coaching, you know, that's something the team does. You know, we, we coach all the time. I was just on a call, you know, this, I was on a call with a guy in Colorado. Yeah. I loved it, you know, just pouring into him, even though it was like a 30 minute conversation, but like, you know, I would have never been given that opportunity to sit down with a coach and just have a one-on-one -on -one to, to grow in that situation. I feel like the business world is so drastically different on how they allow people to grow versus the educational space to find alternatives to better themselves and, and to grow. If I'm hearing you correctly, it, it, this is weird. It almost connects sort of the similar, a, a common message we were saying in the last question, which was, yeah. don't just check the boxes here, right? Don't just do the thing because that's what you read in a blog and that's what you're supposed to do or that's what they've always done in that school is how can you create a 
uh, environment that provides opportunities for that that growth, both professionally and personally? How can you uh, embed that into the culture of your district you're building or whatever it is where you're trying to cultivate these leaders? How do you really like truly invest? And because I think it's similar to, uh, this is really connected a lot to how we, we talked about the happiness, but similar to that, where if you if you do those things and you build that culture, those people, your teachers are more likely to be happy. If you build a culture and you invest in your leaders and your leaders feel that investment and they feel that it's there for a good reason and they feel that you're trying to actually grow them, um, they're going to also invest themselves by putting in the time and effort into that thing. And I think it's, I'm, I don't know if I'm going off track here, but I think a, an important piece here is like another mindset shift for leaders of, your goal is to make those people that you are growing yeah. as leaders better than you. So good that they can and possibly should leave you. But if you build the environment right and you treat them well enough, maybe they won't. But like it's there's no better, there's no better like accolade and award or reward as a leader than when someone you have grown outgrows you. Yep. Cause that means you've done a really good job. And I think if you're investing in people the right way. Um, hopefully that comes back to you, comes back around to you, but also like each time you do that, you know how to do it better the next time. But I think it's, it's looking for those opportunities, right? So Josh, you know, speaking specifically to the masterminds and stuff, are you letting your, your, your leaders, your aspiring leaders, your current leaders, are you letting, making them aware of opportunities? For example, yeah, the, the teach better at mastermind on Tuesdays at 9am and, and Eastern, it's a free opportunity. Are you making them aware of that? And are you providing them the, the trust and the space and the grace and the uh, opportunity environment to participate in things like that? Yeah. Not just our mastermind, obviously anything like that. Are you giving them the time and recommending uh, things for them to go do? Are you are you looking for opportunities to send them places to invest in them to get them coaches? Um, or building a coaching plan within your your own district or whatever, partnering with uh, a nearby district to to share and, and coach each other, whatever it is? Are you creating those systems that are not just checking the box because you have to do three things every year for to support your leaders, but because you actually want to grow them as leaders? And I think it all that it comes down to that that genuine desire to grow yeah. them as leaders and as people. And I got to see that firsthand. I had a principal that was f phenomenal. She was literally building me to move on. She was always, that was her goal, right? Never stay stagnant, keep growing and find opportunities to, to better yourself. So, you know, if it's a Twitter chat, if it was, you know, a uh, online course, I mean, she was willing and able to supply that to me and gave me the autonomy to find what I needed to grow versus her dictating and trying to create someone who is only going to be in that role forever. But mm -hmm. then also she didn't ever say like, you have to be just like me because <laughs> I wasn't, I was very, very different as a leader. Um, obviously I had a very different career path than, than her, but she didn't care about any of that. She just wanted to make sure that I was going to improve every single day and allowed me that freedom. And for me, I absolutely love her to death. And I worked so much harder for her because she gave that trust, like you were saying earlier, about finding opportunities to grow and, and for me to identify that myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't need her to tell me. I mean, sometimes I did, but a lot of times I knew where my deficiencies were. Sure. I just need to find what was the best avenue for me to learn and to grow in that position. Yeah. All right. Great question. Good question. You're probably wondering what I'm drinking in this mug, and it is, of course, Papa Rob's coffee. 
Papa Rob is a sponsor of the Aspera Podcast and one of my favorite companies in the world. Head over to paparobscoffee.com and you can find many varieties of wonderful medium and dark blends. Of course, I always drink the Espresso Papa Rob's blend. It's phenomenal. Head over to the website, use the code ASPIRE15 and get 15% off your order. Now let's get back to the episode as Jeff Gargas and I will be finishing answering these wonderful leadership questions. Last one, you ready? Sure. This one's from Jay Posick. He's on our Aspire to Lead Voxer group and he always provides so much great value. So his question is, how can administrators gain the public support they deserve from superintendents and their school board? My gut wants to go to communication and partnership. Yeah. Uh, like. I think there's this, and I and I and I'm not going to even claim to have the idea, the answer to any of this. But I think it's, it, we see it all over the country. There's such a divide between the building administration or district administration, even, um, and those that are up in the the next level, next tier up of overseeing things, like a superintendent and then then to the board, and there becomes this disconnect, which, to an extent, is just a unfortunate byproduct of the roles that, that the board plays and the roles that the superintendent plays, um, depending on the district, um, because there are things that that have to be done for, you know, securing funding and states and dealing with the state and all this stuff that just has to be done that drags them um, out into that and disconnects them from the, the work that goes on. Um, so, you know, as an administrator, the, and again, this all goes into, obviously, if the superintendent or board members don't care and don't want to be a part of it, there's only so much you can do, and it might just not be the right fit. But with let's assume they do. Let's assume they care. Let's assume they appreciate you at least enough to listen. Um, is what opportunities are you providing them to come in? And now, before anybody says, "Well, I tell them our, our, our classrooms are always open for them," that's not the opportunity that you think it is. Our classrooms are always open. You can stop by any time. Is as um, is basically the equivalent of here's some donuts, mm -hmm. happy jeans day. That's not the same thing, but actual genuine, Hey, we actually want you to come into our school. Not, Hey, if you want to stop in, you're always welcome to stop in. That's a, an answer. That's, that's just because you don't want to be upset at you, but actually like encouraging them to come down and, and bringing them in and give them an opportunity to come down and be a part of what's going on in the school, be a part of the ideas that they're not just from a mandate because they're in charge, but from a, Hey, I'm recognizing that you're a superintendent, which means you see things differently than than I do at this level. I want to talk with you, not because you're supposed to control me or I'm supposed to come to you, but because I respect you as an educational leader and I want to partner with you and figure out how can we tackle these things together versus waiting for them to come and say, hey, there's an issue. The data says there's an issue. We need to tackle this. Now it's that's now now we're now we're band-aid, we're fixing a problem versus collaborating all the time to be better for our students and be better for our community. Same thing with the board. If you can find a way to build more of a partnership and less of this divided relationship, and, and again, this has come with the, the little asterisk that this is easier said than done, but that's that's being the key because right now there's this separation, it's a hierarchy, which is not what it should be. It should be we're all together on a team. Like just as you as the building leader or as a district leader, your, your job is actually to serve your teachers. That is actually a job. You work for them. The superintendent and the board, and if you're listening right now and you're in a superintendent, super assistant, uh, superintendent, a curriculum uh, director or board member, your job is to work for your teachers as well. That is your job is to serve them. 
and therefore not all goes into serving the community and the students. So get in this relationship where it's no longer a we're talking because something's wrong and we have to, but rather of let's always be talking so that we're always actually partnering versus butting heads and doing that. And I think that, that, that there's a there's a bit that has to happen first is the respect and the understanding and the appreciation of each other's roles, challenges, um, the boxes you have to play within, all that type of stuff. And I think that's oftentimes missed, right, from both ways. We tend to look at our superintendents go, they're just laying into us. They're always rolling down stuff. But some of that is they don't have control of. Some of the stuff that you have to do, you don't have control of. If we can both understand, appreciate, maybe we can come to a better partnership that therefore works better for our teachers and then works better for our students. What do you think, Josh? Is that because you yeah. were at the building level, you had a deal and you were in a big district too. I imagine your board and your superintendent were very disconnected because they almost had to be. They were running a massive organization. Yeah. So I, I, I've worked in two districts here in North Texas that's, you know, there's 80 plus schools in each of those districts. So the superintendent mm -hmm. obviously is serving a great deal of people. And, and obviously too, that they're really trying to work with the community on a lot of different issues. And so their, their time is valuable. I will say though, as an administrator, we were very intentional about the invitation, similar to what you're talking about. And not, not only things that were difficult, obviously they get a lot of calls every single day from upset parents and community members about various topics, and they get bogged down quite a bit due to that. And it's not just the superintendent, the school board gets that in addition. So we would also, you know, we talked about happiness earlier, we would invite them to fun things on the campus. So for instance, before Thanksgiving break, we always did this thing for the staff, for the admin to go early, we come in early and we start making pancakes for everyone. Pancakes and bacon. That's what we, we started cooking up. But then we'd also invite the superintendent to come and join us. And he did. <laughs> he did it four years in a row. So like he would show up with the apron, spatula, you know, doing it up for the staff. And the staff loved it. They loved not only seeing him, but then also seeing that he appreciated them just as much as us as admin. And we were serving them. It's It may sound cheesy, but our staff just ate it up, not only physically with the pancakes and the bacon, but then also the fact that the superintendent no, I was going to say, that's because bacon, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the superintendent of a, a giant school organization was there to serve them. And, and that meant a lot to them. Well, and it's, it's crazy that that's such an asinine, crazy idea. Yeah. Like, oh, we invited someone who's part of the team to a team thing. Mm -hmm. Like, why wouldn't you? But, it, but there's this separation. And if you're a superintendent, listen, especially if you're in a bigger district, like your teachers don't even know that you're real. Like, and not that you don't exist, but like you're just this person in a district office that directs things that put more stuff on their plate yep. versus being a real person. You know, we talk about this with like students and teachers where like teachers or students think that teachers just live at school and don't have a life out. It's the, it's the, and this is goes far beyond education in, in businesses in general, when you talk about the, the management as you get further up, like, and, and there's some of that just can't be helped because you can't be everywhere all the time interacting, but like, giving them the opportunity to be involved with that and, and them taking the opportunity to come and be like, Hey, I'm a real person. And today I'm just here to hang out with you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a mother, I'm a, I'm a wife or a husband, whatever. Like I'm the same things as you. We just happen to have different roles in this, in this thing that we're trying to build together and trying to, to manage together. And, and, and I think for some superintendents, they probably worry that they're going to be like the wet blanket on top of the party or whatever, or, or run into potentially be confronted. But like, that's how you solve those things yep. is by being there more. And so it doesn't become a weird thing when the boss shows up because you shouldn't be the boss. 
And I think that's the biggest issue is you want the boss. You are just serving a different role than the classroom teacher. Just like as an assistant principal or a principal or whatever, you aren't the boss. You just happen to be in a different part of the ship. You happen to be at the wheel versus the engine or whatever. Like that's, and that's, I think, the, the biggest thing for this is like from a leadership standpoint, if you can get the idea that you do not have anybody that works for you and you work for all those people, it changes the way you operate. It changes the way you perceive people and the way they perceive you if you operate that way. So like that goes all the way up. And if you as a building level leader, even a district leader who's trying to bring these other folks in, you need to treat them that way first because they may they may feel that they can't. They're like, well, I can't go down there and be that because I'm the boss, quote unquote. And if you're like, no, you're not, you're not our boss. You're part of the team. Come on in. Give them the opportunity. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, cook them bacon. <laughs> That's always a solution in life, man. Just cook some bacon. <laughs> so real quick too, I want to say like, as far as an administrator, I always thought of it as similar to, because I coach football of like, when do you notice an offensive lineman? It's usually when they screw up. So I didn't want to be that yeah. as an administrator yeah. and I didn't want the superintendent and the school board to know me due to something that I had done wrong. So that was always something that I was very intentional about of making sure all my ducks were in a row. So I never had to go in front of those folks ever. And then two, you know, as far as the superintendent and the school board, wanting you, you talked about perception. I want to make sure that their perception was that I was a servant of not only my school building, but then also my community. And if I was doing an initiative that mm -hmm. I was proud of, I was always, again, inviting them to come to the campus because the organization was too large. They, they, they can't know everything that's going on in the district. As much as we think that they do, it's too much, um, especially when you have 80 schools. So, you know, I always wanted to highlight, and this was me as a teacher doing something as an aspiring leader or myself as an administrator, was always communicating to them and providing that invitation for them to experience what I was doing for this community event. And not so much that they needed to participate, they were always welcome to do so, but that it was on their radar that they knew that our school specifically was a beacon that we were serving beyond the four walls of our building. Obviously, we we're trying to do our best to serve our, our teachers, our students, and our parents, but we also were doing things with the community, which in turn betters the district. So we were looking at what is it as a goal within the campus, but then also providing and communicating, like you were saying earlier, communication, and then you know that invitation for them to participate because it's just, it's just too big. And we didn't want to be viewed as mm -hmm. someone either that was not doing anything or that we we're doing something wrong. So those were the two things that we were trying to yeah. you know, gain that respect from our superintendent and our school board, you know, every single year. Another good question. Three good questions today. Well done. I know. Powerful. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcasts. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, I got one more question for you. What is going on with the Teach Better team? Uh, well, I think the thing that we can talk about right now is our 12-hour live. Happening on Saturday, February 25th. It's 12 hours of us live streaming all day long on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn. And it is a 12 hours of, of free PD for you um, or as a leader, for your teachers or yourself. Everything's sort of segment out this time very specifically. So if you see the schedule popping around, you'll see like the sessions that are set up for 
quick takeaways, the sessions that are set up for and focused on more of deep dives. There's some that are very specifically focused for leadership and administrators. Um, even a session where you and I are going to chat around the entrepreneur. So if you're an educator that does something on the side that you're trying to increase your impact through, um, side hustle and building whatever a movement uh, or business, we're going to talk about that too. So we've learned a lot over the last couple of years with these 12 hour lives and listened a lot to the audience and our, our community and what they need and what they're looking for. And we used to treat them a lot like just a fun event kind of a thing, right? And there was, there was a lot of value in there, but we had a lot of fun and we're really focused now on how to provide as much, just jam pack as much value as possible in 12 hours, which that's a long time. So it seems funny, but so we, we, that is what's going. We also, I also found out that we have like close to 50 different giveaways that we're doing throughout the day as well. Like all yeah. kinds from, from books to, uh, to gift cards to, I think there was like, uh, like a educator, like self care kit, like, all over the place. So some really great giveaways going as well. And we will be sharing um, some really important information and a really great opportunity for an upcoming um, fairly big event in the future. And during the 12 hour live will be the only time you can take advantage of this particular opportunity. I want to make sure I said that so that I didn't right. spill any beans. But <laughs> so in other words, make sure you check in. Clear that Saturday. Well, I say clear that Saturday, but the reality is like, you don't have to stay with us all 12 hours. We hope you do. Pop in for a half hour, pop, pop in for an hour, pop in and out, put us on the background while you're cleaning the house. But yeah, 12 hours on uh, February 25th. Everything's at teachbetter.com. I'm so excited. Yeah, me and you get to do a segment, but I think, you know, throughout the day, both me and you are facilitating conversations. And I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I love how Ray broke it down too with the color coding of, of each events yeah. and kind of the yes. subjects that it, it kind of falls in. And, you know, we're not only speaking to teachers, but also administrators, the entrepreneurs. I mean, we're hitting a lot of different audiences. And I know you said yeah. it's 12 hours of time. However, I know it was really difficult to hone in on, you know, all the different guests and the topics because there was just so much content out there yeah. that we, we could produce during that time. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yes. All right, buddy. It'll be good. Well, I am so happy that you are back. Your health is better. We are kicking off the new year with this Aspire you know, podcast with the Aspire mailbag. And um, I'm just so appreciative that I get to do this 26 times with you and looking forward to the upcoming episodes in 2023. Glutton for punishment. And we're going to be together. We're going to hang out next week. I don't know when this is coming out, but next week we're going to be yeah. down at FETC together. So I know. I can't wait. Fives. Yes, it was going to be. Appreciate let's you. see. It's going to be you, Ray, and myself. I uh, can't wait for FETC and yeah. Uh, maybe we're going to do some recording down there too. Uh, yeah, we're taking the Roadcaster Pro down and we're going to do it. That'll be the first time ever. Um, I'm thinking we'll, we'll do an Aspire episode. We're also going to do some, maybe some special Teach Better Talk episodes that are going to change it up a little bit and have some fun down there. That's awesome. So you and I, are gonna, we're going to play, play with this thing. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. And this is it's gonna be 2023 time. is all about playing with new devices, right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> all right, buddy. Thank you. Yep. See you, brother.